Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your co-host Ashton here with my awesome co-host Zach. It's a other victory Tuesday, Zach. A nice week. Uh, the Rams kind of bow tied the end of last year with a good dub. Uh, starting off the new year on the right note, not the best note, but a right note. And we'll kind of get into that uh, here in a few seconds. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I mean, happy new year. Um, it's really great to, you know, get to do this, get to do this after a win, even though it was not a very pretty win. Uh, but as we've said in multiple times, there are no style points. Uh, you either win or you lose. Uh, the Rams were able to figure out how to, you know, put the pieces together to, to make it win. Um, and like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in that here soon. But we got a lot of news yeah. to talk about. Yes, lots of news. Uh, I will let you start off with the first one. Yeah, so this episode is going to be slightly different uh, than we have in the past. We're not going to kind of break down each and every play um, of the Giants-Rams game. Uh, I know a lot of you have probably already watched it. Um, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take the news, which really reflects what happened in that game, uh, yeah. and kind of talk about those things. Um, so the first major news is that the Rams have signed Brett Maher back. Uh, and they have released Lucas Haversick. Um, as we all know from watching the last probably six, seven, eight weeks of podcasting, um, that this is a move that Ashton thought that should never have happened in the first place. They should have just continued with Maher, um, even though the fan base was just crying out and the Rams listened, it seemed. Uh, but Ashton was, from the jump, very supportive of Maher, even with his... Um, even with his misses that he did have. Uh, so, Ashton, you have to be excited that the king has returned. Okay, so a few corrections. <laughs> excited is not the word, and my boy is not the word I would use. Is he the best option out there? Clearly, statistically, yes. And uh, even when he played for us, statistically, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. And, uh, you know, this game kind of proved it. Uh, Haversick's play kind of proved it over six or eight weeks. Uh, honestly, this should have happened. Uh, and uh, basically what happened whenever uh, we went into the Ravens game, uh, it ended up. Uh, saving his job, and for better or worse, that kind of elongated the problem when clearly guys like he shouldn't have been on this team past two, three weeks. Uh, he there's reports he was also kicking poorly in practice outside of the Ravens practice where he ended up winning the job against Mason Crosby. So it's just kind of nuts to me that statistically you move away from a guy who is solid under 40 hits around 80% below 50. And then is a, uh, basically a uh, roll of the dice. If you're getting plus 50 for a guy who historically in college couldn't even hit past 60% and a guy who had no proven leg in the NFL <clears throat> All because what fans got upset he missed two fifty plus yarders. That that was always crazy to me. It was always crazy 
that the team went along with it, and we should have lost this game. Guys, this was a loss. It should have been a loss, and this would have been on that move. And they got lucky Mason Crosby missed the extra point and got lucky Mason Crosby was far enough that he couldn't hit it in. I mean, this is also just – Very lucky. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of also remember, like, I mean, Mason Crosby was on the Rams roster for – I mean, he never played, but he was on the Rams roster. They looked at him, and obviously we saw why the Rams did not end up actually, uh, you know, taking him over Haversick. But, man, oh, man, like, uh, I mean, this just proves, again, like you said, he just – he. He did it right. And, you know, his he he did have some misses. Like you said, most of them were in the extended of 50 yards. Um, and that just it just he just got put in bad spots because of the offense. And that's when really the offense was struggling. But when you have a kicker who can't even kick, you know, extra point kicks anymore. I mean, you know, you can only blame so many people. I mean, like you said in the previous week, like, you know, Sean McVay was blaming the uh, how it was being snapped. Um, and you know, they've kind of come to realize, you know, if you can't kick something, you know, within 30 yards, um, you know, you, you have no place being there and they gave him plenty of chances to prove himself. Um, but he, in the end, he just could not do it. And this, they're in the playoffs. And if they want to make a good push into the playoffs, they cannot avoid having these, you know, uh, these extra points just being missed and having not being able to even attempt a field goal. Um, is also a problem. If, you, mm-hmm. if your offense gets behind, they need to do it. Yeah, Zach, do you want to know? Uh, let's go over these stats because we probably should have done this after Maher was released, but there was a lot of motion there. I didn't want to completely jump down the team's throat because maybe they knew something we didn't would have her sick. A lot, a lot of rationale there. I disagreed with it. I let people know that, but I uh, didn't try to make a big point, but Maher's uh, field goal percentage under 30 is 35 of 35. His uh, field goal percentage under 40 is 29 of 34. Uh, So a little bit worse, but you know, for the most part, like decently accurate Uh, 40 out of, sorry, under 50. So 40 to 50, he's 25, 36. So you get, a little rocky there and then uh 50 plus he's 22 or 34 so he he's around like uh 80 percent overall career and his uh, extra point is 95 percent yeah i mean and really the only time he struggled obviously was last postseason um and so he will have a chance to redeem himself after he had all those misses in in um in Dallas and that's what can that's what concerned us all and I think that's what concerned Rams fans in the beginning of the season was um is this is he getting back to this is he getting back to where he's going to start missing extra points and things like that and it was on I you know coming now to it it feels like it was unwarranted we need to give him a little bit more of a shot um and again when when the offense wasn't doing what they were supposed to and so they were trying to kick these 45 plus yard um field goals it, it, it's tough on any kicker. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, outside of probably Dallas's current kicker, um, you know, any kicker has a miss plus 45. Um, you got to pay that money, Zach. If you want a good kicker, you got to pay money. Well, I mean, and, and granted, I, I think everybody really wish we could have kept Matt Gay. We couldn't afford him. But at the same time, he's also struggled this year in Indianapolis. I mean, he has not had a perfect season. 
Um, and so, I mean, he did it during the Rams Colts game and he missed a couple of big ones in other games too. So every kicker goes through these woes um, and maybe Maher can kind of get things settled in and, you know, we need him to at least kick those extra points. Yeah. The only other option I saw at the beginning of the year was possibly Cade York. Uh, I thought maybe like he had a worse overall stats than Maher, but like potentially a new place, new uh, chance uh, you could see where, like, maybe he could grow as a younger kicker. Maher, you kind of know what you're getting. You, you're getting someone under 40 is uh, nine times out of ten going to kick that field goal. Uh, anything 40-plus, you're rolling the dice with him, and you you have, like, a probably 50-50 shot of him making it. So, Yeah. So we did do Not- that. Um, some other signings, um, which kind of gets into a, com- a couple of other points, um, is that the Rams have signed Tyler Johnson, wide receiver from the practice squad or to the practice squad. Um, and we are from the practice squad. That's what I meant. And then Dresser Wynn, bringing him back as a uh, quarterback to the practice squad. Um, so big moves that are happening right before the final game of the year, right before playoffs. Um, this kind of has us all thinking that, you know, the Rams may not play their starters or at least will not play them for the entirety of week 18 matchup against the 49ers. Um, how are your feelings towards that? How, I mean, that's a big discussion point. Should the Rams start their starters? Should they not? Should they let their starters have a bye week? It's, it's really one of those catch 22s. Shan McVay kind of probably maybe regrets that in 2017 um, when, when they did that. But at the same time, now you have a backup quarterback like, Carson Wentz, um, who can probably fill in and potentially win this game for you, and you can rest Stafford for a week. Uh, I'm always a mindset person. You play for the win. Uh, you put your starters in there, and you try to get that six seed because that's a big deal. Uh, if the seven seed has a miracle run or something like that, you could get home field advantage. Uh, you just never know with stuff like that. So you always try to get the win. Uh, and I just don't think we're necessarily in a place to uh, at least not play our starters for a portion of the game. I would say at minimum, play them a quarter. I think they're going to end up playing only a quarter, if that's my best guess. Personally, I would play them like a half, unless if you're in a close or losing the game, and then you play them the full game. How do you, this is game we have to win, uh, in my opinion. So there's three records that could – I think there's more than three records, but at least three records that come to mind that the Rams could break um, going into this week. Number one is Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua is only 29 yards away from beating the all-time rookie record um, in yards, um, and I believe it's four receptions from breaking the all-time uh, record um, in receptions for rookies. Um, so there's that. Stafford is only, I think, 35 yards away from breaking uh, his 10th 4,000-yard season, uh, which would, you know, it's a big accolade. There's only, I think, four other quarterbacks who have ever done that. Um, so that's big and impressive. Uh, and then you have uh, Kobe Turner, who we'll talk about here in a few minutes, too. And he can break Aaron Donald's sack rookie record. Um, they're both currently tied at nine. So 
there's all these records that are that could be possibly come up in this game, this big matchup. Um, and I could foresee Sean McVay trying to, you know, help his players out and to achieve those goals. And again, playing them for a quarter and a half could get them all of those accolades. Yeah, I think especially because the 49ers appear right now, they're going to be benching most of their players. Uh, so, you know. Did you it's hear Debo? Be... Hmm. Debo came out today. He was on that uh, Kay Adams show, and he says he plans on playing, and a lot of his starters plan on playing as well. I think I... there's I, – I get Shanahan came out and said he does. he's, he's going to rest some of his guys, and I fully expect them to. But it's always that rivalry, that Rams-49ers rivalry, and they got that eight-streak, you know, regular season um, – streak going and you know does does the 49ers want to break that the players themselves it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do it on Saturday, sunday the players can want what they want but if the coach says they're not going in they're not going to go in and uh it would just i don't want any player to get hurt but like if you go out there in a meaningless game for as a 49er and like debo pulls his acl or something like that you're gonna feel stupid that you put your team in that situation because what you wanted to beat the Rams in a mean meaningless game for you just because you want to be petty. Like sure, but you could almost stupid me. I mean, I mean, you could almost say that that you're putting your your players in danger for the Rams side too of trying to win, you know, an award. Yeah, or it, beating a record and things like I'm that. I'm not talking about being records. I don't think they should go for the records. That will come naturally. I say play your starters because we have better seeding possible. That's they true. have nothing to play for. Nothing. Right. This won't make a difference. Yeah. I think I think for like Debo and stuff. Again, this is Debo who's who seems super emotional about all, a lot of things. Um it's He's sometimes still upset. Pride. Aaron Donald didn't know his name when he was a rookie. Like, get over it. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's talk about real quick about the NFC lineup. So right now, uh, we are sitting at seed six. Um, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different possibilities out there of how we could stay the six, even if we do lose. Um, there's what? There's uh, two ways we get the six seed. We win or Green Bay loses. Outside okay. of that, we go to seven. It's seven. Simple. So very simple. <clears throat> very simple. And so with that, um, we we are looking more closely into who we're going to face off with. And right now, the best odds are looking like uh, the Lions or the Cowboys, small chance, but there is a chance that we could go up against the Eagles. Um, right now, I'm not super concerned about the Eagles. I would rather either face the Eagles or face the Lions. Uh, Cowboys are kind of dangerous at home and not sure really how I feel um, about going into that territory right away. Um, what, you know, I've looked at tickets for the uh, for the Detroit Lions game. Right now, they're sitting at just under six hundred dollars uh, for the cheapest tickets. Um, it's only four hours away for me. I didn't really want to spend six hundred dollars to go see a game, but um, you know, we're we're at there. Uh, me and the wife talked about it, and we we're a little bit more free because it's past Christmas. Uh, but I probably don't see it happening. To go, it's just so expensive. It's a it's an inexpensive game for wild card. I mean, when you when we looked at the Super Bowl run, um, going up against Tampa, which was you know 
then the following game after wild card, it, it wasn't even that high. I mean, you were, I was looking at still tickets for like 200 bucks um, to, to get I, in. And so I think Detroit is Detroit. Obviously this is the first time they've had a home game in 30 years in a playoff yeah, game. That's why. Um, so Detroit's already purchased up most, if not all the tickets. Um, obviously we may see some prices kind of drop maybe soon after there's a final decision of who the team, the teams are going to play. But I, it, I think it's going up if it's LA. Well, I think more tickets will be released is I guess what I'm saying. Uh, more tickets will be released because this, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I think it's stupid that they could even release tickets right now until it's decided who they're matched up against, but it is what it is. Yeah. If it is the Rams, I think those tickets are going to be so expensive just because the whole storyline and the novelty of it and, you know, it will be a very should be a fun game to watch, and uh, I would love to go to it, guys. Like I've never been to a playoff game, so that would be nice. Oh, only been the four games. Uh, it just it's hard because I'm traveling this weekend, uh, and then on top of that, it's just next it's weekend. I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's it's, it's an ex- it's a, it's an expensive trip, and you know, so if you can make it, great. Uh, but you know, a lot of us will have to be, you know, kind of watching it from our couch, like we do each and every week. Um, so yeah, so we got, we're in the playoffs and so we're super excited about that, but there are some reasons why we have, we are in the playoffs and one of them has to go to Mr. Sh- uh, coach Sean McVay. Um, man, this guy is just amazing. I mean, over the last seven seasons, um, you know, we have had six of those of winning records. Um, and it's, he has just done something for this team that no one else can. And we pretty much got confirmation on the Sean McVay show last night that he will be returning for the 2024 uh, season. Uh, So we can all kind of put those rumors to rest that he's going to go to the broadcast booth over the summer. Um, So super excited about that. They're still going to have the inside source saying Sean McVay is considering retiring. It's going to happen every year. Uh, Go ahead and embrace it guys and get used to it. Yeah, I mean, we might be a we might be a train wreck or something, even though we have you know the best players in the NFL still on our team. But it is what it is. Hey, um, you know, people like uh, players like Bobby Wagner just wanted to win. They did, they did, and they're not doing so hot. Um, it was also brought up that you know Sean McVay is you know getting closer to becoming the Rams' winningest coach. He's now second. Um, so that's good. Kudos to him. Kind of keeps that probably keeps that fire alive in him, uh, you know, to want to keep coaching until he gets that as well. Um, but as we keep talking about all these players, the reason why we are in the playoffs, it's because we, again, we have Sean McVay who realistically should be coach of the year. Um, he has done a lot with this team with little resources. Um, we talk about all the money they spent in prior acquisitions, um, and prior deals that kind of put us into the cap space that we're at. Um, and so just his leadership, the way he's able to coach the coach, his players, coach his coaches, um, and really bring a good team together to put these Rams team in a really great spot. Obviously he, he should be coach of the year for that, especially with the bounce back year and kind of the, kind of what we talked about, the, the perspective that they were going to be tanking or retooling and things like that. Um, but then we also have – oh, go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think DeMarco Ryan's uh, of the Texans deserves that. I, I feel like even their roster was looking worse than ours. I, I don't disagree. I, I just, you know, you look at Sean McVay and you see what he has and he's done a lot with the rookies that we, that he has. Um, and again, that kind of segments into rookie of the years, uh, offensive and defensive. Uh, really the Rams obviously have someone who's up in those rankings in the offensive rookie of the year with Puka Nakua. He's having an unbelievable year. We've talked about it each and every week. I've said it. When you compare him to a player like CJ Stroud, there should be no comparison. Um, Puka Nakua was picked in the fifth round and playing better. Yes, better than any first round pick combined this season. Um, that's just unbelievable. When you're a first round pick, you should be good at what you do. Uh, but when you when you get drafted as the fifth rounder and you're still beating out the top talent uh, that was picked prior to you, that should have a heavier weight in the voting system um, than anything about that. So Puka Nakua, he had a great game this past week, an 80-yard touchdown. Um, one of the highlights to kind of this ugly win that they did get. What a, what about what's your thoughts about Puka Nakua? Do you think he really 80 yard down or 80 yard reception, not touchdown? Oh, reception. I'm sorry. Correct. It it led to, yeah, we'll talk about that about Kyron, but yes, it, right. it should have been a touchdown. But you know, Puka, he's done a lot of good things. I think he can get a pass for this play. Uh, I'm just gonna put just, that out. Just there. don't turn around and try to look behind, just keep, just keep running straight as fast as you can. Well, he probably didn't expect anyone. He thought it was a complete coverage uh, bust on the back end after he got past the cornerback. It's like, nah, bro, that safety was right on your tail. And uh, can we just say that backup safety for Giants? Man, he played a great game. Just fantastic wow. coverage. Just, I I feel like this happens to the Rams a lot where like a player gets hurt in the first quarter and the backup is like two twice as better than the oh. starter. And you're like, he, what? What is going on? He played really well, and that defense yeah. just was putting pressure on that. I mean, for a five and ten team who had nothing to lose in this, nothing to gain out of this, they just kept pressuring us and kept blitzing and just put our offensive line and Stafford under pressure so much. But That's, yes, and I guess we can kind of roll into the game at least a little comments about it. And I feel like part of that is on McVeigh for not doing more outlet plays not having more screens and uh, different outside runs because uh, they were clearly loading the box and you weren't going to run down the middle on this team. So you had to get different ways instead of trying to do our standard kind of mid the long range throwing uh, scheme against this team. It doesn't help that when we did do the mid the long range, like uh, Stafford has a, had his worst game of the year throwing um i don't know if it's i don't know if it's his worst game but it's 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 definitely one of his top ones i mean he had kind of some middling games kind of in that middle i mean when he was playing up against the Bengals, he did not play well um you look at some of those other games uh the cowboys um and even the eagles he didn't look great um in some of those areas uh but i mean this i mean as we're talking about stafford stafford was one of those players if you weren't named uh hamlin could be considered one of the comeback players of the year um, only just because of the last outside of maybe this giants game, his performance since the bye week, he's just been unbelievable. 
top five quarterback, you know, still, still is elite. Um, but like I said, the Giants was just bringing out full on blitz constantly on them, constantly challenging that offensive line. And he wasn't pressured on the interceptions. He just, they were those bad were, throws. Those were bad throws. 100% agree. Yes. 100% agree. And but, he said you know, it like he, he said it was him. They just went by him. And I was just, I thought the second one was a tipped off the line because they looked so bad. And uh, the replay happened. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was all the three. I mean, obviously those interceptions, but like, you know, Robinson had like quite a few drops, one that was fumbled and it luckily went out of bounds. Like he, he did not have a good, uh, I mean, he even, he had six receptions for 92 yards, but like he just had also a lot of drops and it, it, it just, it felt uncharacteristic. This game felt very uncharacteristic of the offense that we saw since the bye, um, even against the loss, that the fumble wasn't necessarily his fault. He had good position with his hands. He had the ball double covered, and he was going the opposite way, so he didn't know DB was right. DB just happened to be at the right place at the right time and good technique. That's just a great play by DB. That's not kind of like the uh, Williams fumbles where, like, he was being reckless with the ball, and you're like, man, like you're gonna fumble when you do stuff. Like sure. That. Sure, but he did have two fumbles. One of them just got lucky and got out of bounds. Um, the the one that went out of bounds was a little bit more bad technique. Uh, yeah. But the first one, I don't. The one he lost. It's just again, like I said, it doesn't. It's not a characteristic to him. It was just an off game for everybody, other than you know a couple of players. I mean, Stafford had an off game. Um, you you kind of go look and Cooper Cup only had four receptions for twenty seven yards. He did get a touchdown, so that was great. Stafford didn't look so great. Um, you know, the defensive backs didn't look great. It, there was a lot of stuff that just didn't didn't really flow too well. Jo- um, Jordan Fuller had some big mistakes. He's one. He's the main reason. At least it's either a bad coverage call with loading up a single DB against their wide receiver, or Jordan Fuller just bit on the um mid zone route yeah i mean he had that pass interference call for him and then immediately you know kind of saved that by getting that interception um and that was probably the highlight of the day for him uh but i kind of agree with what you said it's a problem zach when it's happening weeks that that means teams are seeing something on tape and they're running it successfully continuously like team after team that is worrying and that's something that like either morris is making the mistake or the safeties are but at this rate zach we're gonna have to get a safety pretty high in the draft because uh i know yeast says he likes playing in the star but he looks like he's kind of struggled in that position and then uh, John Johnson third at I believe they have him at full safety. He struggled too, at least in coverage. Uh, whenever he goes to help the run, uh, they they're doing fine. But uh, these coverage busts, this defense is built to contain, and they they're not doing any of that right now. Yeah, um, 
I mean, I mean, you kind of look at you know the cornerbacks too, and um, you know even Akel Witherspoon, he he didn't have a great performance. I mean, that's we've kind of been saying that from week to week. I mean, he he was a really becoming a star in that backfield going through the first half of the season. Now these last few games, it feels like he's being he's getting a little um, targeted a lot because um, he allowed about 124 yards um, on five catches, and then you have uh, Darion Kendrick who had a nice pass breakup in the end zone. Um, but you know, and then, and then Kobe Durant, he also had a good game. He only gave up 11 yards on four targets. He gave up a TD though. He did. Um, why don't, why don't you talk a little bit maybe about, um, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, what about Kyron Williams? Let's, let's get into a little bit about Kyron. Um, you know, this was kind of a rough game for him, not necessarily because of his fault. Like they were stacking the box, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, just when you get a heavy loaded box, uh, it's tough sliding down the middle, which is with this uh, power gap scheme that they're trying to implement this year. But he did with the most with uh, what he could do. And I thought when we could check down the ball, like he was effective. Uh, I'm hoping next time we see a team that blitzes as much as the giants, we can do that a little bit more, more screens to them, more outside runs. You, you got to get a little tricky with teams like that. And uh, when they're blitzing that much, you're going to get open receivers uh, but you have to make them quick throw concepts. And I felt like McVeigh was just like, no, I'm doing what I want to. And Martindale was like, okay, then we'll just keep on applying heavy pressure. And I don't think Stafford can make the throws. And uh, this week he, he was struggling to make the throws. Yeah. I, you know, it, it felt like, I mean, not saying like he, he abandoned the run, but it just, it felt off again. Um, you know, we didn't see any, uh, of, of the sweet plays until the very end, the fourth quarter where, you know, really Puka Nakua had really nice, um, you know, sweeps that got, you know, first down. So, or close to the first down marker. So just, just super excited uh, of Kyron Williams and his performance in general. Um, he got the three TDs, which was just awesome. Um, I, I had a feeling going into that game that he was going to have a three TD game. Um, and just sure enough, he was able to punch it in every time. And, you know, why we weren't doing that kind of before um, in some of the previous games, I don't know. But, you know, they made it work this time around. Yeah. Uh, what you make of, uh, make of uh, no boom coming in at left tackle for AJ? Yeah, so we don't really know why um, AJ Curry was out, um, but... Uh, or Lark Jackson. Or, or Lark Jackson, why he was out. Uh, but... Um, but I think he played fine. I mean, he's 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 been a good piece to kind of fill in. And again, he's playing so many different positions, um, you know, at, you know, both ends and, you know, in the middle. And it's he, he's doing a good job for for what he has to deal with. And so it's kind of nice to kind of have that kind of fill in player. Obviously, it's not something where we may want to keep him there in that one spot indefinitely. But, you know, when we need him for a game or come in to do a relief, things like that. Um, that's really where we can see see him shine there. I think he's a lot better on the left side. It just he was he was very bad at right tackle. Really not good. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, just didn't it, add, at left tackle, he looks fine, but uh, hopefully Jackson come back can come back because he has looked better than Noteboom in, in that position. Yes, and then kind of one of the final chess pieces that I kind of want to talk about um, is you know, who who should be um, a candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year, but doesn't seem like to be in the conversation a whole lot. Um, and that's our boy, Kobe Turner. Uh, third round pick, 89th pick overall. Um, he's having in a fantastic season and really a fantastic second half. I mean, really since the, since the, um, the bye week. I mean, you kind of look at his stats and you kind of compare him to uh, who is kind of leading it in, in uh, Jalen Carter. He has nine sacks total compared to Jalen six, um, 45 pressures compared to 44, um, five QB hits to four QB hits, 36 stops to 13 stops. Um, his PFF grade, they're right about the same 84 for Kobe Turner, 86 uh, for Jalen. But if you kind of compare that since the bye week, um, really it's, goes to 94 for Kobe Turner and 69 for Jalen. So Jalen seems to have a, some of his stats seem very inflated because of the beginning of the season. Um, and Kobe Turner is kind of hitting his stride towards the end of the, of the season. Um, a lot of people out there saying, well, Jalen Carter's doing this while getting double, triple team. But if you actually go back and look at the stats and I was glad uh, Sosa uh, on X, he kind of put that out there and he was like, no, he's Kobe Turner's also, getting double and triple teamed occasionally. So, or uh, if not more than Jalen Carter is. So um, he's just putting out all, everything out there. And I feel like he's getting a lot of disrespect, not, not, I guess not disrespect, but it, it just feels like he's not being highlighted as some of these other. No recognition. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a super flashy guy. He's not a first round pick. So, but he had two you, and a half. going to get that. Yeah. He had two and a half sacks against the giants. I mean, that's, that's great. And now he's tied with uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, I get that he's on the same team with Aaron Donald. So that gives him a little bit more of an opening. Uh, but geez, Louise, give this guy his credit. I mean, he's, you still have to go through an offensive lineman and to get, get sacks is, is not an always an easy uh, uh, task. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald was also with an all pro uh, D tackle or a defensive end uh, on his line when he was first starting out. So uh, yeah. people can say that, but like great players will shine and um, <clears throat> he's shining. And, uh, and even. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then he's also up for uh, Pepsi zero rookie of the week. Uh, so please make sure that if you haven't yet already, go ahead and support him and vote him up uh, so that we can bring home yet another uh, rookie of the uh, rookie of the week award. Yes. Uh, Zach, you want to you want to talk about uh, special teams? You know, I you know, I don't even know. We shouldn't even have a special teams. Um, I feel like we're just doing a whole lot better without having one. We should just go down fourth down every time. Just just fire them all it feels like uh no that's that seems quite kind of unfair but um no no it you let's be honest zach chase blackburn i'm sure he's a nice guy he shouldn't have a job still even at this point in the season when you're ranked last in every metric 
for special teams. And this is a team that specifically drafted in last four drafts for special teams, teamers late in the draft, less this last draft. But you have three drafts leading up to this year where you have people who've been put there just specifically for your program and you're still this bad. I'm sorry. There's something wrong with the coaching and there was probably something wrong uh, with the selection of some of those players. So it's Chase Blackburn. I I just think it's time to move on and get someone new in there. I, I know the team won't move on from a coach a late season. So it is what it is there. Uh, ben Skoranek had a potentially really critical blocked extra point, uh, but that ended up being called back uh, because, you know, he had a jumping penalty, which I didn't even know was an actual penalty, Zach. Uh, yeah, leaping, the leaping penalty. Yeah. yeah, that was wild. And I, I get it. Like, you can't have a run jump. Like they, I think they said like if he was just you know another foot on the field and he literally just jumped over without touching anybody, that would have been a legal, uh, legal uh, leap. Uh, but because he had to kind of like run, um, that caused problems. Yeah, that's kind of a weird rule. But you know, good thing the refs are very on point uh, for this game against us. Uh, they were. To lettered law, Zach, and I'm sure in next game and the rest of the playoffs, they will be to the letter of the law when it comes to calls for us. I'm, I'm just yeah. sure. Just yeah, uh, they, I, the refs were good this game. I'll, I'll give them credit. Like all their calls are fair. Yeah, they seem they seem fine. The only the only concerning part about really this game is that it kind of gives the blueprint on how to beat this Rams team is just to keep putting pressure on that offensive line, pushing them back. Um, yeah, but some teams don't have the personnel to do that, like the Giants do. I, like that, that's I, I fair. really only only the 49ers kind of have that type of personnel. Like the problem with the Cowboys is I don't respect their safeties enough where if they're blitzing people i i think cup and puka destroy their safeties i i really do and they caught us when our offensive line was kind of in shadows last time we played them so uh eagles their dbs just have been playing really bad this year and uh for a a lot of first rounders spent on that line they do not get good pressure I mean, I don't know what their problem was. I mean, they lost to, you know, the Cardinals this week. I mean, a team that, again, has nothing really to gain, but, man, did they just just stomp on them a little bit. I mean, not not great, not great. Um, okay, so, I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, this team is a playoff team. We're super excited about that. They have one game left yeah. to go against the 49ers. Um, this game, it's really hard to kind of – predict how this game is going to go only because we don't know who um, they're going to start or for how long they're going to start. Um, And so it just becomes a challenge for this week, but I, you know, I'm super excited. I'm just glad that they're a winning team. I knew that they, this team was going to be a a winning season. I I had them at nine, 10 plus wins going into this season. Um, I knew that they were going to have a challenging start, which they did, uh, but obviously have an easier ending, which they do. Um, And now they're in the playoffs. So I, I'm looking forward to playoff 
a playoff run. I think they can at least win one game, maybe two. We'll see. Um, they have some really good talent, but they have to clean some of their mess up um, that they've that they've kind of put on put on show in the first half of the season, and then obviously in this last game against the Giants. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong, guys. Uh, I just don't. I think this team is going to be very inconsistent. Their playoff game, and they're going to be young. They're going to make silly mistakes, and I think we're going to lose a heartbreaker. And uh, that's fine. This is a team that shouldn't have been here. Uh, is ahead of schedule. Uh, did beyond well, better than what I expected. Me- they some people would say they should have been here. Uh, I mean, you it literally took, and we should have lost last game. Let me remind people that should have been an L, so we should be eight right now, eight and eight. We should be 500. It, it took them hitting on literally every draft pick from our last draft outside of maybe two two for us to get here and you know i don't fault people the same thing with my thinking for thinking they weren't going to hit on literally every draft pick and get all pros and starters that is very rare uh less need hasn't done it his entire tenure he's probably never going to have a draft as good again in the rest of his career so you know i think it's a fair assessment say going into a year i'm not saying like saying they were only going to have three wins. They were clearly going to be better than a three-win team. That was always crazy. Uh, but saying they are going to be around seven to nine, I, I thought that was a fair assessment of where the team should have been. And I think right now being at nine, potentially ten wins, that's ahead of schedule for such a young roster uh, that has no business being as good as it is because just- of coaching. Yeah, I mean the coaching has just been fantastic. The 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 organization itself, um, you know the the way they treat their players, the way they allow their players to express themselves, um, to be part of the team and part of the play action, and and uh, you know be part of that kind of coaching tree is just is just awesome. And to have veteran presence like an Aaron Donald, who's very selfless, um, and someone like uh, Stafford, who is an elite quarterback, having Cooper Cup, who has this elite football mind and is an elite wide receiver, and being able to train the next generation of wide receivers, is just something that you know you can't you can't you can't just get anybody out of the draft to do so. This was very meticulous. They take pride in their work. They take pride in sharing their knowledge with others. There's a lot of other teams out there who who have more selfish players um, who, you know, they want to, they want to do everything themselves or, you know, they don't want to share their knowledge with their, their competition. Um, And it just doesn't seem what the Rams organization is. They find the best players and they will, they will get rid of the weak links. And we have seen that countless times and we saw that this year. Um, But this team is fighting uh, every week to be better than they were the week prior. And that's what I want to see in this team. Yep. One score game in every game outside of one in the fourth quarter. So I'm, I'm really happy and proud of this team for the way they played. Uh, going into this game, Zach, I'm just going to warn you, I'm driving again. Uh, but we're on a hot streak, okay? Two wins in a row while I'm driving. Hot streak. 
Hot streak. So yeah, so the Rams will play this Sunday on East Coast time. It's, uh, what is it, 425 Eastern, uh, 125 uh, Pacific uh, at uh, Levi Stadium. So they're in NMA territory. But hey, um, you know, if the if uh, the Ravens can go in there and, and show them business, you know, why can't the Rams? Um, so with that, I think we're going to wrap it up with this episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Thank you to each and every person who has subscribed and watched and liked and commented on this video. Our last video was the best video that we have ever put out on YouTube. So big thank you to everyone who does that. You can also follow us on X at East Coast Rams. You can follow us on threads. You can follow us on Instagram. You can check all that. You can find all that information at eastcoastrams.com. Um, Ashton, anything else you want to say before we, we depart these people? No, I, I hope that we mentioned this in the last 49er podcast uh, preview. I hope they come in with an attitude, a uh, willingness not to get pushed over. I want this team to bully the 49ers. I want us to just go into the postseason with a big win, bulldozing them, and uh, it's a physicality thing, and they've out-physicaled us, I would say, every game but one. I There's one game we've uh, been a little bit more physical than them, uh, I would say, not including postseason games. So uh, yeah. I, I want to see that from this young team. I, I don't want them to let a bunch of 49er backups kind of out-physical them. Yes, 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 yes. Let us hope for that. Let's hope for a Rams win so that we can get to 10 wins of the year. That would be fantastic. Um, I'm glad the Rams are ahead of schedule. I'm glad that the Rams are continuing to show wins, get into the playoffs. I want them to do, and now they have the opportunity moving forward to continue that legacy, to continue to be in the playoffs, hopefully for years to come. Uh, But with that, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Again, thank you to all those who support, and we will see you guys next week whose house rams house rams house